ladies and gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and uh, uh, friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcast for patrons. I can't forget who's go spacey uh, every once in a while. It's time for Sleep With Me, podcast to put you to sleep. Uh, hey, you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, or feelings, physical sensations, uh, travel, uh, whatever it is that's keeping you up, uh, whether it's something physical. Uh, something you're feeling or something you're thinking about or just something external like uh, anno- annoyances or annoying you know let's just say it annoying people we're getting called an annoying person that 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 uh, let's just skip over that part you know i mean i guess there's like people don't say hey don't use that word because there's so many other words that start with a and it has so many syllables uh but i'm gonna i'm gonna try to take your mind off whatever's keeping you like without whatever it is uh even if it's my uh Here's something. Here's is this a like I like I have a, a bad vocabulary, but a lot of verbosity. Maybe, and if I'm saying verbosity long, that, that then somebody's really laughing hard, or some of you, those of you that use the Oxford comma are probably doubled over like a comma right now. Okay, there's what we'll not Oxford commas, but let's think about could we invent a dance for the Oxford comma? We'll come, maybe we'll come back to that. Uh, so I'm going to try to create a safe place. The way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders uh, coming right up, and uh, tangents, uh, distractions. Uh, here I say, distract me. Go ahead. What, brain, what do you got? Uh, uh, now it says nothing. Now that you put put a spotlight on me. But my brain is kind of like if you were out on stage and there was 5,000 stagehands waving you off stage, uh, that's what it's like having my brain. You say, well, I was just about to do this monologue about the podcast. Oh, no, get over here. Uh, what What did you need? Oh, I wanted to show you. I got these new gloves so to pull up the curtain. Okay, well, the cur- I was on stage. I don't even remember what I was talking about. I was going to talk about verbosity. And I had my fingers crossed for something, and I can't even remember what it was. I think I was going to make a musical about the Oxford comma. Okay, get back on stage. Go do that. And then I would go back on stage, and then the other side. And they say, then I probably would go, I don't even know the difference between stage right and stage left. Uh, Is my left or your left? And the audience would say, you know, the correct answer. And then someone's from stage whatever would say, get over here. He'd say, okay, what do you need? I'm just, I was just about, to, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to go run with the Oxford comma. Maybe I'll talk about that. Maybe I'll talk about running with the Oxford comma. What did you need? Oh, I forgot. Go back on stage. Okay. I'd get back on stage again. So that's kind of what it's like with the tangents of the show, but you'll be slower. I mean, maybe not because I'm doing it live, but uh, I'll try to earn your trust uh, and make you feel comfortable with this uh, safe place because I'm here to help. I'm here to take your mind off of stuff. If you're new, you don't really need to listen to me. You can kind of, when they, you, one person once said, lend me your ears. I'd say, one, who know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I should know who said that. Somebody famous and probably, uh, but, but anyway, like, uh, I'm so embarrassed. I said, what is that? which person is that? I don't even want to say because it's like, instead of, but, uh, lend me your ears. I'd say, hey, barely, uh, barely, uh, you know, I don't know what I'd say. Hey, lend, I wouldn't say lend me your ears. I'd say, hey, can I, uh, I wouldn't even borrow, you know, I don't want to borrow your ears. Especially lending your ears does seem like a real, uh, I mean, that's like not creating a safe place. It's like jumping from, uh, one to nine on the friendship scale, especially if it's a politician. They say, hey, lend me your ears. You say, what are, what are you planning on doing with them? Well, I'm just going to, you know, do, 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 they don't have creaky dulcets. They say, well, I'm going to whisper some sweet dulcets in there. And, you know, maybe, uh, 
you see what you think of these gerrymandering them or whatever it is. Uh, they said, well, I'll stick with Scoots. He has gerrymanders, which are different. They look the same as the gerrymanders, uh, but they're more curvy. They say, I don't know what you're talking about. I'd say, that's, well, you may, you may be asleep with me, listener. So I don't need you to lend me your ears. Uh, you don't even need to turn your ears to me. Just uh, see how it goes. I'd say, hey, ask your ears, see how it goes, see what they think, run it by them. Maybe kind of listen and see like uh, then and see what happens. That's uh, so you don't need to kind of, you don't need to lend me your ears. Uh, you can barely listen or you can totally listen. Now if you can't sleep, I'll be here till the end. So if you do want to lend me your ears, in an old like in a sense in a figurative sense, don't freaking you know no need to lend me your ears. Uh, they like, uh, I'll be here. I'll be here till the end. But so you don't need to listen. No pressure to fall asleep because I'll be here till the end to keep you company. The whole idea of the podcast is take your mind off of stuff, keep you company while you fall asleep. Uh, I'm your friend. I just want to take your mind off stuff. Say, well, instead of thinking about stuff or focusing on stuff or remembering that thing from the beginning of the podcast or whatever Scooter was talking about or work, or you say, oh, let me just listen to Scoots. He kind of. He's kind of doesn't know, you know, he's spinning around, but he's, he'll be here to help. He's my boyfriend, my boar bud, my boar bay. Uh, so you don't need to listen, but no pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here as you drift off into dreamland. Structure of show, first four minutes are business. Uh, if you're new, thanks for sticking through that. If you've been around a lot, uh, you can check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sponsors to see what we talked about. And thank you so much, all of you that uh, do do uh, uh, take action on that stuff. Uh, then we have an intro, which is about uh, 12 minutes. I think we're about eight minutes into it now, where I try to invent a metaphor for the podcast and explain what it is. And that's pending, like uh, pending six, pending probably episode 700. We'll see how when I get there. Uh, then tonight we'll have a discussion of uh, Doctor Who. In a way that for most Doctor Who fans, you may, if you've never seen Doctor Who, you say, well, it sounds like a made up bedtime story. It was great. Uh, very comforting, soothing. If you've watched a Doctor Who before, you say, it sounds like a Doctor Who episode I may have seen in a dream uh, when I was, uh, you know, that, that I don't really remember. So, kind of not required uh, whether you've seen the show or not, but it's just here to keep you company. So that's the story. And then we'll have some thank yous at the end. And then this is usually the part of the podcast where I say, okay, so I was thinking about that Oxford comma. I guess it, like once you um, isolate it, though, it's just a comma. So maybe that idea in the middle of the podcast from that stagehand was good, like more of a musical to explain the Oxford comma, which I couldn't write now because, again, I couldn't explain it again. And I know they say, well, eat shoots and leaves or whatever with the um, panda. And I say, okay, you lot, lot, like I'm not, I'm nice, I'm not a thinker, I'm not a visual or an auditory learner. Uh, I'm an over. They say, okay, well, that's great. Uh, but if we had a musical, we could have an Oxford comma dance. Uh, I guess would it be more like people bending over laughing? So maybe it could just be a move in a dance, the Oxford comma. But I guess like you could reach, like you could bend over and then reach to your opposite ankle. And you say, well, that looks more like a cr cr crooked comma. Uh, it will be a, cr a crooked comma, but uh, I'd say, okay, well, I'm, just, I'm thinking on the spot here. If, if I was going to make a dance for an Oxford comma, I guess what I would do is also do the one where you kick your heel up and then you, like, a, like heel, what do you call that when you kick your heel into your palm? Or no, your ankle, not your heel. I guess you could do that. Uh, a little bit like Irish dancing. Yeah, but not that. Uh, so, like, you'd kick your left ankle into your right palm with a slapping sound. Then you'd kick your left ankle into your left palm. Are you with me so far? And then you would kick your uh, right heel, like, into your, you'd hold your palm behind your, like, in your rear, behind your rear end and kick that. Then your left hand to your left cheek to your left heel. And so those are the first four moves of the Oxford comma. 
Maybe I, just, I guess it should be a work in progress. I have to run it by Helen Z and see. Okay, if you were going to make a dance for the Oxford comma, what would you? What would it be? And you see, well, who are you? Like, who are you? Who would the dance explain the Oxford comma to? I'd say, hmm, good question. Like that was what the musical was for. It's the dance itself. I guess it would capture the essence of the Oxford comma in a way. It has emotional resonance, but not really any tangible takeaways. And that's kind of the goal of the podcast. It's like uh, we're halfway there. I'd say you bend over, too, and then you touch. Uh, then you bend over. You touch your right hand to the outside of your left ankle. Stand up and clap once. And then your left hand to the outside of your right ankle. Stand up and clap once. Then you do the same thing again with the heel kicks. uh and you say, well, how is it? I said, well, that's how I feel when I think that's how my br- that's the sound my brain makes when it, uh, like, uh, that captures emotional resonance of trying to understand the Oxford comma. I just got the Oxford comma dance for short. It's really, uh, how I emotionally like feel when I'm thinking about the Oxford comma. That's what that dance uh, does. And this podcast is kind of like uh, supposed to uh, carry you away from uh, like I make it because I have I can uh, like uh, it resonates with me when people can't sleep because I've been there uh, lots and lots of times tossing and turning feeling a bit lonely or down uh, because I can't sleep or I woke up at three in the morning or I woke up at five thirty on a six thirty alarm or whatever and. I just want to be somebody that can be there uh, to keep you company, uh, to take your mind off and say, hey, well, I know it sucks, uh, any of those situations. You deserve a good night's sleep or a little chuckle or a quiz. I mean, a quizzical look. You say, okay, I don't get it, Scoots. Oxford, there's a, like an Oxford comma dance. Yeah, one day I'm going to do it at Oxford uh, in a room or something by myself and not uh, publicly. But, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, and they actually, they'd say, we don't have anything to do with the Oxford comma. And they'd say, well, I'll just take it over to Cambridge then, if you think that's fine. And they, they would, I'm sure they would have a hearty heart. They'd be doing the Oxford comma double over with laughter, maybe. And they'd say, you won't be laughing long when I come out with the Cambridge comma. And, and they say, again, we don't have anything to do with that. He said, well, okay, it's fine. It's free. I don't know if you've ever heard of the word branding before. Not that you probably need it. Clearly you don't. Uh, so I'll just take, I'll take it over to Cambridge and see what they think. Uh, and I'd say, then I'd say, sorry, Cambridge, too many syllables uh, to make. I don't know if I can make Cambridge comma work uh, since it's usually just in Twitter and dating profiles where I see it mentioned. I could come up with the Cambridge comma dance if you give me some time. But anyway, this is kind of like a dance. Uh, you know, it is. Uh, there's no song, and it's like a, and it's like a meandering dance. So take your mind off stuff to keep you company, to take the seriousness out of bedtime, and ideally you drift off in a dreamland whenever you feel like it. We'll be talking about Doctor Who coming up here. Uh, but I really appreciate your time. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, give it a few tries. It doesn't work for everybody. But it is something that takes some adjustment to get used to. Uh, But I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. Thanks. And let's uh, keep the show going. All right. So here we are. We're talking uh, season one uh, or series one, season one, episode eight of Father's Day. And it opens with a close-up on a smiling man in a leather or, or maybe a pleather coat. And it opens with a close-up zooming into his eyes of a smiling man uh, who is Rose's dad. And he's wearing like what seems to be like a pleather leather members-only style jacket. He was born the 15th of September 1954. Peter Allen Tyler, Rose's papa. Uh, and she's doing a little VO, the most wonderful man in the world. Then little Rose peeks her head around a corner at Jackie, who's sitting in bed with a, a picture, what are those called, photo albums. Uh, and Jackie pats the bed. She says, get over here, Rose. Rose hops in. Rose is wearing a lovely purple sweater with uh, hearts on it, or sweatshirt, I guess, and carrying a stuffed, uh, a stuffed friend. 
And she says, come over here, Rose. Uh, and she shows a picture of her dad. It's a zoomed out. He's in a green polo. Then there's a picture of dad and Jackie together. And there's like a little bit of fairy tale music going on, like a music box style. Uh, like a little faint jingle, I think. I couldn't 100% tell. tell. And Jackie says, Jesus, this is your papa. He went to the... When Stuart Hoskins and Sarah Clark got married, he went to visit the big farm. And that's why you don't know him. But he was great. And, oh, he would have loved to see you. He's, uh, he's out having adventures like the rest of the doctor's people. Uh, you know, she doesn't say that part, though. Then we're on the TARDIS. The doctor has some kind of, like, leather egg in his hand or some, you know, he loves baubles. Uh, he loves actually bobbling baubles, uh this one, he's more working in his hands, in his fingers. Uh, and Rose is pitching him an, an idea. A TARDIS, a doctor with an egg, or smell, swelling, smelling, but I said something, moving it from hand to hand, rolling it. Rose leaning on the controls, uh, and then they launch. I'll get the dialogue. And then there's a fast zoom on the dad's picture again before the opening. Uh, but Rose is sitting there talking to the doctor. The doctor's chilling. I mean, he's kicked back holding this ball. And it's like a picking up in mid-conversation, which I love. And she says, well, like, could we go see my dad before he went to the big farm? And the doctor has a look at him. She says, well, what, what's it, where's this coming from? Uh, and Rose says, uh, oh, just forget it. If you, know, if you can't do it, if it goes against the laws of time and space, uh, forget it. And the doctor goes, no, 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 Rose, I'm worried about you. And Rose goes, yeah, I want to go see my dad. And he goes, your wish is my command, but be careful, like, just like uh, the Eugenian lamp says, be careful what you wish for. And then they're off. And the first place we stop is like a wedding in an office, like some sort of office room. And it's dad and uh, Jackie. And he can't remember Jackie's middle name, Andrea Suzette uh, Prentice. Uh, Andrea Suzette. Uh, he remembers her name's Jacqueline uh, and Suzette, but not Andrea. He says, Anita? Uh, no. And Rose doesn't seem impressed. She has this concerned look on her face. Uh, doctor's very amused. Rose says, I told my dad be taller and better looking. And I said, yeah, that, that's... Uh, and then we get a flashback. Uh, we see Jackie's frustration. Like, what do you know? Like, you don't even know my name, huh? Uh, good enough for Jackie. J- die, Princess Die, though. And then it jumps back to Jackie and Little Rose. And Little Rose is very serious. She has a serious look on her face. And Mom has a wish. I wish somebody was there before Dad went to the big farm to kiss him on the forehead and all that. And this, I say, I would dare say, is the beginning of an emotional journey uh, for Rose, uh, a call to adventure. But again, I don't know then, because, uh, let's see, I thought I put some notes. Uh, she really wants to fill Mom's wish. Then we're on the TARDIS, and Rose says, yeah, Doctor, I want to be there for my dad to kiss him on the forehead. And uh, so we have serious little Rose. Uh, then we have serious big Rose, or adult Rose, uh, and the doctor says, so what's the date? November 7th, which I don't think is Father's Day, but I'm going to have to look that up. 87. And they're off. Uh, Rose concerned, very serious look. I want to be there. Doctor, okay. And we see uh, Rose's face. Uh, and there's kind of something more there on her face. And we get there to the time. No third term for Thatcher. That's what the Spectator Weekly says. Uh Maybe it's a socialist weekly. I can't quite read the poster. But there's a quote of, uh, it's very gloomy the day, uh, but not terrible. Rose says, geez, I thought it would be worse weather on the uh, day my dad went to the big farm. And I love this line. The doctor says, uh, uh, the past is another country. You just thought that was a great line. The past is another country. And he says, 1987 is just like the Isle of Wight. Uh, and he says, Rose, you sure about this? Uh, I really love that the past is a different country. Uh, then what does he say? Oh, there's also posters for an Energizer, an Energize concert. I don't know if that was, this might have been pre-rave. Uh, 
I think they had raves in 87. And then the Rose Indactor at the side of the road. That's where I noted the no third term for Thatcher posters. Uh, there's a fist in the background of that one, too. And another poster says Vase. I don't know what that means. Uh, and then Dad, you know what kind of car Dad drives? A Ford. A forest Green Ford uh, car, not a pickup. But you could say it like that. My dad drives a forest Green Ford and Vader plus Doctor. Oh, that says Rose. Even my handwriting's bad. Uh, something uh, plus Ro- Doctor. Rose and Doctor hold hands. Dad's wearing a blazer. And he says, you know what? This is when I'm going to punch my ticket to the big farm. And he does. He checks it right in with the conductor instantly. Uh, drops a vase, by the way. And Rose and the doctor against a brick wall. And something about one more try. Oh, Rose, you know, they they don't get, she doesn't get to kiss him on the forehead before his ticket is punched. Uh he says, I want to ride. I'm in a hurry. I want an early entry to the park, the big farm park in the sky. Yeah, so Rose doesn't get to kiss him on the forehead. And then she says, one more try. And there's a cool close-up on the doctor's eyes. Also, if you want to know anything about the Energizer concert, or an Energize, excuse me, it was 11 uh, 2087 or 2011-87, depending on how you uh, organize your dates. Uh, there was also a poster for the Amphibians. They were having a concert, too. Uh, so then there's another set of, uh, uh, like, so then we have another set. So then they're trying to do it again. And uh, there's, so there's two sets of doctors in the rows. Uh, and, like, one set closer to the street and one set, the second set, which we're, we're with, uh, hanging back. Uh, and they see the second, the first set, and then doctor says, "That's you and me." So two sets of us being here is not good. At the same time, you don't need to see Back to the Future to realize that. He goes, "So wait till they run off, and then go kiss your dad on the forehead." And we see the first rose in the doctor's reaction as the dad pulls up in his green Ford. Second rose can't, she says, the second rose says, I uh, can't do it. Uh, I, I put holy back to the future too, double exclamation point, hardy har har. Uh, but the doctor says, this is your last chance, Rose. Uh, and before dad gets out of his car, right as he gets out, Rose runs. Uh, and she says, you know, the doctor says, Rose, don't do it. Uh, and she says, you know what, Dad, Don't put, let's not punch your ticket. You're not getting early entry to the big farm. We're going to go do some stuff. And uh, the do- the first set of Doctor and the Rose, they vanish. Uh, the doctor, the second doctor, really glares. Uh, Dad is like, what the heck? I didn't even, like I said, I guess only my subconscious was, what do you mean big farm? He goes, blimey. And it's awkward because Rose goes, look at you. Holy cow, cow look at you. Uh, and Dad goes, yeah, totally. Uh, he, she, he goes, I'm Rose. He goes, huh, that's weird. That's my daughter's name. And she has this huge smile. She says, that's a great name. Good choice. Well done. And it's still awkward. And the doctor goes, yeah, I better roll. I got to go to a wedding. And Rose goes, Sarah Clark's wedding? He goes, yeah, you go into that thing? Her mind is blown also. Oh, she also the vase didn't break. Uh, lots of awkward smiles. He goes, you need a ride to the wedding? She goes, she goes, yeah. And he goes, what about your boyfriend back there, standing back there, glaring at us? It's 645. Uh, uh, I guess I like that moment so much I wrote down the timestamp. Uh and uh, let's see, uh, you and your boyfriend need a lift, a doctor's glare. Yeah, 645, double exclamation point. And we see a red sky map with birds and dramatic music. Uh, uh, then we're at Dad and Jackie's place. They're looking at Dad's trophies for bowling and stuff. Uh, the doctor's not happy the whole time. And there's a lot of cool details. There's a bunch of charcoal drawings. So I don't know if Jack or Dad are into charcoal drawings or they were. Uh, there's also a weird doll in a, like a cubby or like a, some sort of space in a red dress. Uh, stallion and charcoal. 
again, what does that mean? Double question mark. Break up. Double question mark. Let me look. Uh, so the dad goes in. He goes, yeah, sorry, this place is a disaster. Who wants tea? And he goes, geez, we, I, I should have invented the windowsill refrigerator. You just keep stuff on the windowsill. It keeps it cold. You don't need a refrigerator. He goes, I could have been rich. Uh, and Rose is smiling. Her dad's uh, brilliant. Uh, he goes, I should write that down. Anyway, he's a bit like me, except he's an inventor. You know, he's scattered, scattered a bit like me. And Rose is nervous showing the doctor all the stuff her dad used to sell, like vitamins. Uh, yeah, like, uh, like weird stuff. Uh, he's big, like aloe vera or something. Tonics, mom used to call him. And Rose is like, he was so clever. Doctor still doesn't say anything. And then Rose sees his plans. Dad was working on a solar power plan. Now he can save the world with solar power. And Doctor's still not happy. And Rose, uh, she's either misleading, misreading him or trying to change the subject. She goes, listen, sorry, I told him, I'll tell him we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. And the doctor acts like he figured out something. He goes, oh, when you asked me, do I travel in space? And then I said, time machine, that caught your attention. And Rose goes, it wasn't a secret plan uh, that I, she was, it wasn't premeditated. I just said, let me stop him from punching his ticket to the big farm. And this was interesting. If you're like me and new to this, uh, the doctor says, I did it again. So I don't know if in the older ones this has happened before to the doctor where a human being's taking advantage of him. Because they picked another stupid ape, ape should have known. It's not about showing you the universe. It's about the universe doing something for you. And Rose goes, oh, okay, it's okay to save the world, but uh, not keep my dad from punching his ticket to the big farm. And the doctor goes, uh... I'm a time lord. Listen up. Uh, he goes, didn't you see Back to the Future too? Oh, uh, he goes, two sets of us can't be there. It complicates things. And Rose goes, well, we saved him. Uh, and the doctor goes, don't you think I thought about this? You know, all this going back and uh, uh, protecting all the other time lords, my whole family. And Rose goes, uh, yeah, it's not like I changed history. He's not going to be important. And the doctor goes, Rose, there's a person that's supposed to be at the big farm that's not uh, an ordinary man. That's the most important thing in creation. The whole world's different now. Rose goes, holy mackerel. And the doctor goes, holy mackerel. And Rose goes, you're just jealous uh, that he's, you know, that uh," she goes, it's that it's a complicated situation. And this complicates it further, our relationship. And the doctor goes, fine, give me the keys to the TARDIS. I'm out. Uh, and Rose goes, uh, this was kind of mean, but I uh, I liked it. Uh, the doctor goes, if you know, if you're going to have to, uh, like, uh, he goes, if it's so complicated, just give me the TARDIS keys. And Rose goes, fine. And uh, the doctor goes, well, you got what you wanted. Uh, adios, amiga. And then Rose goes, give it up, doctor. Uh, and this is really harsh. She goes, I know how sad you are. You'll be back in a minute. Uh, or you'll hang around the TARDIS waiting for me. And I said, Rose can really turn it on. Uh, but the doctor goes, uh, he he leaves. And Rose goes, okay, you just keep waiting for me at the TARDIS. Uh, then Dad pokes out. Oh, so that's what again, because uh, I put three question marks and boxed again. And then Dad's like, what are you two breaking up? Uh, sorry about that. And Rose doesn't say anything. And then we see, uh, you know how sad you are. Uh, doctor stomps off down the street. Uh, then we see a red view, red map view of people doing chores. And uh, and we see some bird sounds. Then we see Rose kind of picking up around Dad's house. Uh, and he says, oh, this would be a good time to chat. What are you doing? She goes, oh, just a habit. Uh, he goes, listen, don't worry. People, you know, couples aren't perfect. Uh and she goes, I don't, we're not a couple, but I don't know why he left without me. And dad goes, well, uh, if, if we were good, and Rose goes, oh, no, 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 no uh, a change in subject, totally to the max. Uh, 
And Dad's like, geez, you really know how to flatter somebody. And Rose goes, let's go. Uh, and Rose, like, uh, she holds out her arms. They can go arm in arm. And Dad's like, this is even more confusing than I thought. Uh, you're a bit of a loon. And he goes, but I still feel like I've met you before. Uh, then we see an empty church, uh, or mostly empty. The groom and the dad are talking. The dad's kind of a sleaze. Uh, uh, then we have uh, the doctor walking. His hands are in his pocket. He gets to the TARDIS. Uh, the wind picks up. Uh, he puts his keys in the door, and it's just a police box. It's not the TARDIS. And the doctor's like, what in the heck? Uh, this is not good. He's totally, like, feeling the walls and confused. And then he says, Rose, and he runs off. Uh, uh, then Dad's driving. Uh, oh, Del Boy, i got to look that up. Uh, letting, he, like, uh, this is weird. Rose pulled out his cell phone. I had to WTF that. Uh, and But she, when she picks up her cell, it's getting the, like, first call, Alexander Graham Bell calling Watson or whatever. Or Watson Crick, I don't know. And Dad's talking about his big plans with uh, uh, some guy from... Uh, like his pub, Rose goes, I thought you were a businessman. And dad goes, well, I do a little bit, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, and she goes, oh, so you're just a Dell boy. And he goes, what are you, my wife? Uh, that's what she calls me. And then Rose is like gasps. She's like, Jackie's going to be at the wedding. And he goes, do you know Jackie? She goes, kind of. Uh, and the dad says, well, what does she have to say about me? And he goes, she goes, he's the most fantastic man in the world. He goes, it must be a different Jackie. Uh, then it turns out dad, oh, his name's Pete. Uh, he doesn't like rap. Uh, and then Rose is like, that song's not even supposed to be on the radio right now. That's weird. And so then she tries to check her voicemail, which her dad's like, what in the heck is that? And she goes, a phone. And yeah, it's, uh, Alexander Graham Bell calling Watson to come upstairs or whatever. And we also see the car with the driver who punched dad's ticket to the big farm behind them. Uh, then we see the dad of the groom uh, being sleaze uh, talking. He's got a cell phone. He also gets a call in from uh, Watson or uh, Bell. Uh, then we're at the wedding. The bride arrives. Uh, and uh, they say, hey, just drive around the corner. Uh, nobody's at the wedding yet. Uh, and the dad's trying to say the same thing to the son. Hey, let's hit the road. This wedding's, uh, you know, uh, and I guess the, the bride and the groom like to hang at the lamb and the flag. Lamb and flag, no the flag. But they say, geez, you look great. Uh, and Jackie's there. She's got baby Rose uh, in a... Uh, in a car, car, like a, one of those car seats you carry. And they say, oh, geez, the baby Rose looks great. And she goes, yep, she's a madam for sure. Uh, then Pete and Rose show up. Uh, but the car, again, tries to punch Pete's ticket again. Uh, but it misses. Uh, uh, the car, again, tries to, the driver says, hey, Pete, let's get to the big farm. But that doesn't happen. Yeah, then we see Jackie's not super nice uh, to Pete or to Rose. Uh, she goes, uh, when, you know, basically, when the heck, uh, uh, what do you, you know, come care, you know, do like, uh, she just goes, she's like, uh, you'd be late for your, your, your own uh, ticket punching. And she goes, who in the heck is this? Uh, and Jackie's kind of staring at Rose. Uh, and she goes, what are you staring at? Uh, and Rose goes, your hair. Never seen it uh, so nice. Uh, and Rose goes, look at that baby. Is that yours? And then Jackie goes, Pete, what do you, what do you got? What in the heck? Uh, she, like, we see that Pete maybe fancies himself a player with cloakroom attendants. Uh, he says, Did you know, no, we were just picking up coats from the floor. And then Rose goes, Dad, what, what do you, what were you, uh, were you, you're, you're not, you don't fancy yourself a player, do you? And at some point he goes, why'd you call me Dad? 
it, it, these are different points, but at some point she called him bad dad. Uh, Ro, baby Rose looks on. I liked uh, she 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 was a good actress for a baby. She really had some good looks in this episode. And Jackie's going on a tangent at some point. You're like, uh, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a long wedding. Uh, and uh, she, she, she's really had enough, though, at this point with the rubbish. Uh, and, but she kind of, she, she definitely uh, brings Pete down. And he goes, can we just talk about this later? And Jackie's, well, I'm always, uh, you buy cut-rate detergents, tonic water, Betamax, none of it works. I'm drowning in your rubbish, Pete. Uh, and she goes, what did she, he tell you, he says, she says this to Rose, did you tell you he's a big shot? Because he's not. Uh, and she even says, Rose needs a proper father, hinted a hint, hint, doctor, but in an awkward way or something. And Pete just goes, I'm just doing my best, Jackie. And Rose goes, you know, Mom and Dad, stop it. Stop it. Uh, uh, she goes, I thought you two loved one another. And uh, Jackie's like, what? Why are you in our business? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then Jackie storms off. Pete storms off after uh, her. He goes, hey, wait here. Actually, go straighten the car up. Uh, bring her around the corner and don't cause any trouble. Then we see more red stuff, a kid on swings, a kid knows something's up, uh, which will pay off a little bit too. And he runs off, uh, takes off. Uh, oh, yeah, then, uh, yeah, Jackie and Dad are still having a debate, and the kid comes running. He goes, hey, there's trouble coming with birds. Uh, well, there's also swan topiaries in front of the church, uh, and then the doctor comes running. Rose smiles like she's won an argument. And the doctor goes, get in the church, birds. Uh, seagulls, uh, fresh from the beach, eating tons of stuff. Get inside. And so they run inside uh, into the church, everybody. And the uh, doctor gets in, and then they see the birds, and everybody's like, whew, we just dodged to that one. Uh, like especially if everybody's in their nice wedding clothes, be shamed uh, to deal with these seagulls. And, and then they said, and there's pigeons too. And they're circling the wedding. And then they said, geez, the ministers aren't even here. And now the ministers are going to have to come in. And they go, this is really going to mess stuff up. And the doctor goes, everybody, come on, inside, inside. And somebody says, well, what if the pigeons or seagulls fly around, get in the church and fly around? Uh, you know, most of this stuff is rented. Uh, and the doctor says, okay, well, let's, we'll figure out a plan. Because uh, they're like, uh, you know, like, how, why is there so many seagulls and pigeons? And, and how are we going to take wedding photos with the birds outside? And the doctor goes, it's so strange. Uh, it's a wound in time. Uh, and they asked Jackie, he says, can you close some windows? She, she says, she goes, she goes, what's going on with these birds? Uh, why? He goes, yeah, it's a wound in time. Uh, and she gives, she goes, what? And he goes, uh, Jackie, like, please don't argue with me. Uh, and she goes, how do you know my name? He goes, hey, listen, Jackie, Tyler, go close some windows and not now. And she goes, okay. And he goes, she said, I've been waiting to do that. Uh, should have done it ages ago. Then the groom comes. He goes, my dad was, uh, I think my dad is outside. And the doctor goes, well, he's on his own then. Because uh, yeah, he goes, he's going to have to worry about his own. He Maybe he should just go back straight to the tuck shop. That's probably what he did. And then he goes, I got, I'm trying to call him with this old-fashioned cell phone, but uh, it keeps keeps not working. And the doctor holds it up to his ears. Uh, he goes, that's the first phone call, Alexander Graham Bell. He goes, I don't think it's working right. And Stuart's like, we got to call, you know, get some umbrellas over here or something. And the doctor goes, not going to help. Uh, he goes, nothing. He goes, this is a, like, he goes, this is a who-level thing, so... A lot of birds outside. They ate a lot of stuff at a big uh, picnic. Uh, so uh, we're going to have to figure something out. Uh, then the doctor runs into Rose. Yes. Oh, Dad Oh, dad catches a look. Uh, oh, yeah, Rose goes, Jesus, this is all my fault, doctor. 
dad just gives her or the who doctor who the doctor gives her a look uh and pete looks on he catches that look uh we see purple shoe outside dealing with the birds uh and we see Dad and the doctor looking. The doctor's looking out a window, and Dad's looking out a window. They see a car, uh, the, the, the Pete's ticket car. He goes, "What is that? What was that car?" And then we have a little bit of faint lullaby by music box music, uh, and the doctor's like, "We got bigger trouble." Uh, then they see, "Don't worry, be happy." What does that mean? Rose at the church altar. I think the doctor just told Pete, don't worry, be happy. It was the number one jam, you know. Uh, darned if I say it. Uh, but Rose at the church altar. Then Dad wants to talk to her. He goes, hey, what's up? Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, Is what, your, what do your mate mean? It's not your fault. Uh, and she goes, uh, uh, I don't know. And he goes, you have my car keys. He goes, you, you wouldn't give your keys to a stranger. And he goes, I trusted you from the moment I met you. He goes, what does a wound in time mean? Is that like a stitch in time saves nine? And he goes, you called me dad, Jackie's attitude. He goes, you sound a bit like her. He goes, you're my daughter, right? Rose, uh, it's the weirdest thing. You're grown up Rose. And he touches her face and Rose uh, obviously gets a little teared up. Uh, and she goes, dad, you're my daddy. Uh, yeah, she takes a really deep breath, uh, and they get have a really big hug. Then the birds are trying to get into the church, uh, and the people get, get about to get married, Stuart and Sarah Clark, they say, Hey, doctor, uh, what's going on here? You seem like you know what you're doing. He goes, Oh, yeah, I, I know I do. And they go, Can you help our wedding? He goes, Who are you two? They go, Stuart and Sarah. And he goes, so he, you're having a baby, huh? And they go, yep. Uh, and they go, yeah, we're not sure what, what uh, if it's going to be a boy or a girl. And the doctor goes, what happened? And they go, well, we're at the beatbox club, and we met each other at 2 a.m., and Stuart didn't have any money for a ta- or Sarah didn't have any money for a taxi, so Stuart gave her a ride. Then we went on a first date, uh, wrote his number down, and we've been together ever since. And the doctor goes, uh, they say, we're not that important, but we really wouldn't want to get, bird, you know, bird stuff on our wedding stuff. Uh, and the doctor says, who says you're not important? He goes, I've been to all sorts of places, done tons of stuff. He goes, but you two, two in the morning at the beatbox club. He goes, I've never had a life like that. He's just sweet. He smiles. He says, yeah, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll, I'll do my best to fix things. Uh, the doctor is so genuine. I also put beatbox club. I liked that. Never had a life like that. Then Rose and dad are having a quiet moment. Uh, but the dad's kind of like trying to get, he goes, uh, so where are you from? And she goes, well, we took a time machine here. And he goes, time machine. He goes, there's a regular thing. She goes, no, just the doctor has one. And he goes, did you know about the birds? She goes, no. He goes, this is so wild. Uh, he goes, how's the future? She goes, not that different. Uh, he goes, do I have gray hair? And then Rose can't answer. And he goes, am I bald? Is that why you're giving me that look? I've gone bald. Rose still can't answer, and Pete knows something's up. He goes, if this isn't your boy, he goes, I'm glad that guy's not your boyfriend. Uh, he goes, do you have a boyfriend? And she goes, I did. Uh, then there's Mickey runs right in, and he's the kid. And Jackie's running after him saying, Mickey, he hugs Rose. Uh, and he goes, do you know him? And she goes, I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, this is a, uh, and he's just hugging her. And uh, she goes, you got to let go of me. I always end up saying that. Uh, and then Jackie's like, uh, making more trouble. She goes, I pity his girlfriend, uh, almost as bad as you, Pete, uh, and Pete goes, well, me and Rose were just talking. And Jackie's like, uh, come on, Mickey, let's get out of here. And Rose goes, Dad, you can't tell her. Uh, Jackie can't handle that. She can't even work the timer on the VCR. He goes, I thought I taught her. And then Rose goes, uh, he goes, oh, okay. 
Uh, then uh, Rose can't answer. Mickey runs in, so I got that. Uh, then we have Doctor talking to Baby Rose. Very cute moment. Baby, cute, Baby Rose's face is cute. So is the Doctor's face. Uh, he goes, "Hey, Baby Rose, please don't let these birds poop on all these wedding people." Uh, then Regular Rose comes out, and Doctor goes, "Look at Jackie, you put me in charge of you." Ha ha ha. And Rose goes, I think I just imprinted myself on Mickey like a mother chicken. And she goes to touch baby Rose. Doctor goes, no, 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 you can't touch baby Rose. It's a paradox and we can't, uh, if you can't touch yourself, uh, so we can't create a, another paradox. We had enough trouble. And Rose goes, geez, can't do anything right. And the doctor goes, uh, not lately, so don't touch the baby. And Rose goes, don't give me a speech. Uh, and so they see there's still tension between the two of them. But then the doctor says, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, and I'll have to admit this to you. Uh, I wasn't going to leave and leave you by yourself. And also I have no plan to deal with these birds. Uh, too many birds. I don't know. We don't have any umbrellas. Uh, and all these wedding clothes are going to. I don't know what we're going to do. Rose goes, you'll figure it out. Uh, he goes, I don't know. I think this is in, like an international problem because of whatever happened with the time flux thing. There's birds everywhere. He goes, it's going to be, he goes, it's going to be a laundry day, international laundry day. And he goes, not everybody's, he goes, there's not enough washing machines and dry cleaners for everybody to, to do it all. And Rose goes, she's, I'm sorry, doctor. I, I guess I messed up too. You know, she says, if I realize the doctor says, just apologize. And she goes, I'm sorry. Then they hug and she feels something warm. She goes, what is, what is the hot thing in your pocket? And it's a TARDIS key. So it's glowing bright. Rose drops it. And the doctor goes, yippee, the TARDIS key is still connected. Uh, uh, so then he goes into the, like a preacher mode. And he says, hey, the inside of my ship was thrown out, uh, but I can bring it back. Uh, and then once I have my ship back, uh, I can do everything. I just need some power. And then uh, the groom goes, what about my dad's phone? That must have a battery. But then the doctor uses his screwdriver, which I said, how is that powered? Uh, how is the sonic screwdriver powered? He uses his sonic screwdriver to charge the battery on the phone. So I said, huh. And then they show the birds uh, circling the church. Uh, and, uh, yeah, doctor in preacher mode. Then Dad and Rose sit down yet again for a convo. And he goes, so, uh, he goes, why did you come visit 1987? Uh, Rose goes, accident. He goes, uh, yeah, because uh, you really helped me from punching my ticket back there. And she goes, that was just a coincidence. Good luck. Uh, and the doctor goes, in the future, me and Jackie still, uh, you know, happy. And Rose goes, oh, yeah. He goes, you live with us? She goes, yeah. And he goes, am I the best dad ever? She goes, um, you know what? You you t- used to tell me a bedtime story every night. You never missed one. And uh, she's smiling like she's genuine. She goes, all those picnics we took, uh, all the good times, uh, really could rely on you. And Pico's Rose, come on, that's not me. And uh, it is a nice little, this had a, like a lot of tender moments. Uh, really, Doctor Who's full of these tender moments, actually. Uh, but her dad sees through the lies. Then the doctor, what do, what do we say? The doctor puts the key into the TARDIS, uh, and uh, he uses his jacket to not touch it. And he goes, okay, no one touch the key. He goes, anybody touches it, that's going to be it. He goes, uh, all right, we're going to have the wedding, just like we said. Uh, then we see outside the car going around the block again. He goes, the doctor's so happy. He goes, we are having a wedding. TARDIS, oh, when he puts the key into the air, then the TARDIS zaps back and forth, uh, kind of cycling in and out of time space. Uh, Jackie's staring back at Rose, sitting next to Pete at some point, glaring. Oh, and the doctor. And then the Rose and the doctor are talking. Pete's behind him. 
And she goes, when everything gets sorted out, uh, what's the plan? And the doctor goes, everybody here will forget, uh, but what you changed will still be the same. And then Pete pipes in. He goes, you mean I won't be at the big farm, even though I'm supposed to be? And he goes, that's why, you know, I just uh, sell al- resell a- aloe vera jugs. He goes, I'm supposed to be at the big farm. And the doctor goes, that's not how it works. And Pete goes, totally not true, doctor. He goes, uh, he goes, this whole wedding, he goes, all this bird, bird mess is all my fault. Uh, and Rose goes, no, it's my fault. And he goes, no, I'm your dad. It's my job, uh, my fault. Uh, and then Jackie's listening and she goes, dad, what in the heck? Uh, how could you be her dad? She goes, Pete, uh, that's, uh, the math is uh, not great on that one. And then Pete goes, he goes, Jackie, this is Rose. And she goes, you, uh, you what? he goes, we, what? he goes, she goes, what, uh, two roses? Uh, and he goes, no, the same Rose. And he goes and hands baby Rose, uh, to Rose, uh, and Rose and the doctor are like, oh no, but it's too late. Uh, and somehow there's like a, like a, a Godzilla call. Uh, stuff happens in slow motion a little bit. The doctor stands up. Everybody's like, oh, no. The birds just start coming in. And, like, just a one flight, flying in formation, though. And the doctor runs out. He goes, I have scraps of food in my pockets. And the birds actually hear him. And they follow him. And then they all, like, he vanishes in the birds, uh, and then the, the um, birds van. They run into the TARDIS and vanish. Then the TARDIS vanishes, and then the key drops. And Rose is like, "The key is cold," but the doctor's gone. That sounds like it could be on a um, one of those uh, radio stations. Like the key is cold, and the doctor is gone. Uh, then she goes, "Geez, this is even more my fault now, because now I don't even know where the doctor is." Uh, and now still the birds, like, it didn't solve the bird situation, so the birds are everywhere. And they go, this wedding is totally, uh, and the birds are making Godzilla sound effects. Uh, and the dad goes, uh, it plays on a piano. Hans is thinking, dad, wonder sh- window shot. Uh, oh, my way plays on a piano as dad looks out the window. And it's a long shot of him looking out the window thinking, looking at the car, breathing, uh, calculating uh, how he's going to do it his way. And he grabs his jacket uh, and he goes, listen, Rose, the doctor really cared about you and he didn't want you to go through this again. Uh, Rose goes, what are you talking about? He goes, goes, I know there's a car out there, so take me to the big farm for early entry. And he goes to the doctor, and you were trying, he goes, the doctor was trying to protect you, you were trying to protect me. And he goes, uh, but now I'm in charge. Uh, he, like, he goes, yeah, still a streak of patriarchy here. Rose goes, really? And he goes, well, who am I? And she goes, my daddy. And he goes, Jackie, this is our daughter. And then Jackie kind of was like, holy mackerel. And Pete goes, see you, Jackie. Give me a kiss goodbye. I'm going to the big farm. Gotta be done. Uh, he goes, gotta get, he goes, it's the only way to stop this whole bird thing. So that Stuart and, uh, you know, set things right. He goes, geez, I never read you those bedtime stories, Rose. Uh, never took you on the picnics. And Rose goes, well, and he goes, but this makes me a proper dad. Uh, you're getting rid of these, uh, annoyance birds, uh, once and for all. And this was a great piece of writing here. Rose goes, well, it's not fair. And, and acting. He, the dad goes, uh, I've had all these extra hours. Uh, no one else in the world has ever had that. Uh, and on top of that, I got to see you. And you're so beautiful, Rose. And he goes, how lucky is that? I really loved that. Uh, it just says uh, how he appreciated those extra moments. Uh uh, eyes closed, uh, all these extra hours, a nice, sad smile. Uh, Rose gives him the vase uh, to take with him. 
And uh, B-Way, three, oh, he goes, Dad, Jackie, and Rose have a three-way hug. Uh, not a, not with baby Jack, Rose, though. And Dad saves the day by going uh, to the, he goes and says, let's go, to, let's get to the big farm. Get rid of these birds. Uh, and Rose is standing outside. Her eyes are closed as the wind blows and the birds uh, return to wherever, whence they came. And as her eyes are closed, the doctor walks up right right to her. He goes, go to your dad. You still have time to kiss him on the forehead. Uh, quick. And she runs to dad. The wedding lets out. There's no birds. Everybody's happy. Uh, Jackie's there with a little rose. A girl sat uh, and held his hand. Uh, G-Rill. History, history's changed. Oh, uh. I don't know what that says. G-Rill held his hand. Let me see, because it's, it's playing now. Here goes the dad. Oh, and then I said, is, oh, then it flashes back uh, to baby Rose and mom. And I said, is Rose's memory? Ch- oh, no. Uh, let me see. Let me watch it again. So there's the birds disappearing. Rose's eyes are closed. Wind's blowing. A doctor comes up, says, go, go say goodbye to dad, Rose. Uh, go to him quick. And she runs to dad and kisses him on his forehead, which is nice. Uh, and that's a really nice moment. And then the wind is blowing a little bit. Uh, and the next scene, Rose takes a little bit of a breathy poo, uh, looks back, wedding lets out. Even, oh, everybody, all the characters uh, uh, that weren't at the wedding are there. Uh, oh, and then it's, yeah, Jackie and Baby Rose looking at the thing. And then the history has changed. She says, she's someone who was there, a woman was there to kiss uh, Dad on the forehead uh, as he got his early entry to the big farm. A girl uh, sat with him and held his hand. And they said, well, did, would Adult Rose, wouldn't this impact Adult Rose in our current time? I need a Time Lord to explain this to me now. And then we get one last look at Rose after she kisses his forehead. She kind of has a hard look because uh, Rose is really tough as nails. Uh, she gives her dad a real hard look goodbye. And then she lifts her head up. I love this acting. And she shakes her head. And the doctor's got a hard look on his face. Uh, or, or, uh, he's standing across from her. There's some voiceover from Rose about her dad, the most wonderful man in the world. And then her and the doctor hold hands, and they do a slow walk back to the TARDIS, real slow. Uh, and they had, the episode comes to a conclusion. Okay, so this one I had to learn. Del Boy is named after Derek Edward Trotter, a fictional lead character in the popular BBC sitcom Only Fools and Horses. Uh, and one of the characters from the prequel, Rocks and Chips, played by David Jason as a teenager and James Buckley in the prequel. Uh, Delboy is often regarded as one of the greatest comedy characters in the history of British television and regarded as an iconic character in uh, uh, British culture. In- encompassing uh, everything Cockney, Dell is known for his broken French quotes, which are usually completely out of context. This sounds like me. In a variety of uh, catchphrases include, he who dare wins, uh, and this time next year will be Millionaires. He's a happy-go-lucky, cheeky character. While not the most successful, his general optimism and confidence uh, is one thing. But he's also uh, doesn't tell the truth uh, and uh, works to serve his interests, claim to be big into health stuff. Uh, so that's funny. That's a good uh, uh, reference. And I think there's some other stuff I want to look up, but I can't find it. Uh, but a paradox, uh, is, since I never know if I'm using that word correctly, is this, according to Wikipedia, a statement that despite uh, apparently sound reasoning from true premises leads to an apparently self-contradictory or logically unacceptable conclusion. A paradox involves a contradictory yet interrelated elements that exist simultaneously and persist over time. Uh, some logical paradoxes are known to be invalid arguments, but are still valuable in promoting critical thinking. 
Uh, some paradoxes have really re- revealed errors and definitions assumed to be rigorous and have caused axioms of mathematics and logic to be reexamined. Uh, one example is Russell's paradox, which questions whether a list of all lists do not contain themselves. Uh, would that include itself? Uh, and showed attempts to found set theory on the identification of sets. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand that one. Uh, uh, examples outside logic include the ship of Theseus uh, from philosophy, questioning whether a ship repaired over time by repli- replacing each and all of its wooden parts one at a time would remain the same ship. Uh, also, it could be visual paradoxes like M.C. Escher's perspective-based paradoxes. In common usage, the word paradox often refers to statements that may be both true and false, uh, ironic or unexpected, uh, such as the paradox that standing is more tiring than walking. Uh, so that's a little bit about Paradox, and, uh, you know, everything worked out for uh, Sarah Clark and the, whoever steward, uh, and they got all their taxes returned, and wedding was successful, and uh, we found out what what Del Boy is, uh, so, you know, now I'm going to get to watch some of those shows. All right, good night.